Um, so today is uh, Palm Sunday. And, yep, that's right. It's an, a great day, right? And um, so we're celebrating the Lord's triumphant entrance into Jerusalem. See, as Jesus is approaching Jerusalem, um, the religious leaders are kind of on edge because, you know, he's been going around and sharing the gospel and healing people, right? And so people, more and more people began to follow Jesus. And so this event is fulfilling the prophets that the prophet's word in Zechariah 9.9. And so what I want to do is I want to start at the week before the crucifixion, which is known as Palm Sunday. And I'm going to talk about some events that took place and that their significance in Easter, right? And so one of the points I'm going to talk about is the coronation of the king. See, in Matthew 21, 1 through 6, it says, As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them and that he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. See, from this text and many others, it is clear that Jesus was always in control. See, Jesus knew exactly where the donkey was going to be and the colt would be waiting and exactly knew that someone there was going to question them about taking it. And so in verse 5 it says, Say to daughter Zion, which is referring to the people of Jerusalem, See your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, and a colt, the foal of the donkey. Verse 6 says, Disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. See, they brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. See, the donkey affirms that Jesus is royalty. So the donkey, see, they were used for rules and kings to come in on. Um, and the fact that Jesus came in on a donkey and not a horse, uh, it, it represented peace and, and calm, right, coming into Jerusalem. And so in verse 8, a very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. So maybe you wonder why would they be doing that? Well, if we look in 2 Kings 9.13... There's another king, Jehu, that, uh, and it says, They quickly took their cloaks and spread them under him on the bare steps. Then they blew the trumpets and shouted, Jehu is king. See, by putting their garments in the road and turning and basically putting their, the leaves down in front of them, the palm leaves, it symbolizes respect. And was a way of acknowledging that Jesus was king. That Jesus was king entering into Jerusalem. So in verse 9 it says, The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. This event was one of the only times that Jesus' ministry, that Jesus actually planned and promoted a big public display. This was also one of the few places in the gospel that recorded that Jesus' glory is recognized. The people shouted, Hosanna, which is a cry for Jesus to save them. 
See, in verse 10, when Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, who is this? See, the religious leaders, as Jesus went about, the religious leaders, they got nervous. They got scared that they were going to lose control of their people, lose authority. So they started to plot against Jesus. They had to stop Jesus and figure out a way to, to get rid of Jesus. And so when it says stirred, that is, is the people were getting rowdy. They're getting excited. And they started to follow and cling to Jesus. And the crowds answered, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. See, the, the crowds were crying for help when Jesus was coming through. They were excited, but they did not realize that Jesus was not coming to save the nation, but to save their souls. See, they were wanting a Messiah who would come in and throw off the Romans, take, take control, right? They thought Jesus was going to do that, but he didn't. The multitude wanted Jesus on their terms, and they would not bow down to a king who was not of their liking. Even though he were the son of God, they started to reject Jesus. Which brings to the next point of rejection of the king. In Mark 15, 1 through 4, it says, Verily early in the morning the chief priest with the elders... The teachers of the law and the whole Sanhedrin made their plan so they bound Jesus, right? They led him away and handed him over to Pilate. See, the reason the Jewish leaders sent Jesus to Pilate is because the Romans had, they had taken away the Jews' right to inflict punishment. And so in order for Jesus to be sentenced to death, it had to be by the Roman leader. So in verse 2 it says, are you the king of the Jews, asked Pilate. And of course Jesus replied, you have said so. Then it says, the chief priests accused him of many things. So again, Pilate asked him, aren't you going to answer? See how many things they are accusing you of? The Jews' leaders had to come up with something other than blasphemy. Because that would mean nothing to Pilate. But Jesus still made no reply, and Pilate was amazed. I mean, if, if it was me, right, if I was being accused of something that I didn't do, I'd be like, wait a minute, whoa, 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 hold up. I'm not, taking the, I'm not being falsely accused. I'm not taking that, you know, for something that wasn't my fault. I didn't do that, right? But see, Jesus said nothing. He was the ultimate example of self-assurance and peace. There was nothing stopping him from completing what he came to the earth to do. And that was to pay the price for us all. Now, verse 6, it was the custom at the festival to release a prisoner whom the people requested. So a man called Barabbas was in the prison with the intersectionists who had committed murder in the uprising. And so the crowd came up and asked Pilate to do for them what he usually did. And so it goes in verse 9, it says, Do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? Knowing it was out of self-interest that the chief priest had handed Jesus over to him, which means he knew there was nothing, that, there was nothing to accuse Jesus for. It was just out of their own 
want. They just wanted to get rid of Jesus. They knew that there was nothing that he did wrong. So he'd be accusing him for, for false, for nothing. But the chief priests stirred up the crowd to have Pilate release Barabbas instead. So they got the crowd routed up to where they would let go Barabbas, who was essentially a criminal, right? So someone that actually did wrong was set free, and someone like who Jesus, who did nothing wrong, took his place to be punished for nothing. Verse 12 says, what shall I do then with the one you call the king of the Jews? Pilate asked them, and they all shouted, crucify him. He says, why? What crime has he committed? But they shouted all louder, crucify him. Who would have thought that the same crowd that shouted Hosanna to the son of David... Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, is now yelling, crucify him. Verse 15 says, wanting to satisfy the crowd, Pilate released Barabbas to them. And he had Jesus flogged and handed him over to be crucified. So they freed a real criminal like Barabbas and chose to crucify Jesus who is guilty of nothing. And so as you've seen just a few minutes ago in our skit, Jesus was crucified and shed his blood on the cross for you and me. Because we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So that our sins may be forgiven. And so the the skit showed Jesus praying to God because Jesus felt just like you and me did. He was scared. And he knew what was coming his way. But he knew what God had him planned all along. So he put full confidence in God. And he said, your will, not mine. If it was his will, he probably would have tried to get out of it, right? But no, it was in your will, not mine. And so they arrested Jesus and they beat him. They whipped him. Put crown of thorns on his head. And they nailed him to the cross. And so at the end, we've seen the empty cross, which in the skit would symbolize the resurrection of Jesus. Which brings me to my final point. Is the, re- is the resurrection of the king. In Mark 16, 1a, it says, When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and Salome bought spices so that they might go to anoint Jesus' body. See, this was a sign of love and respect. See, bringing spices to a grave was kind of like us bringing flowers to a loved one's grave today. And it goes in verse 2. It says, very early the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way. Just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb. And they asked each other, who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in white robes sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. 
I mean, can you imagine what they, what they were feeling, what the feelings would be like if you went to a loved one's grave, and when you got there, it was all dug up and empty, right? I know I'd be pretty scared and probably caught off guard myself, but I mean, could you imagine? And see, that is exactly how they felt. We see that in verse 6. It says, don't be alarmed. He said, you are looking for Jesus the Nazarene, who is crucified. He has risen. He is not there. You see the place where they laid him? But go tell his disciples and Peter, he is to go ahead of you in Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. Trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. See, their view of death was that death was a forever thing. They expected this body was going to stay in this tomb. They expected when they were going to get there, they were going to see a body. But they didn't. See, in one week, we'll be celebrating this moment when death was defeated. And shortly later, when our Lord and Savior joins his Father in heaven, sitting by his right hand. You see, before Jesus went up into the clouds, he ended up meeting with the disciples behind a locked door. Jesus appeared behind a locked door to his disciples because he went around telling them, but they, they didn't believe. They all ran around scared and frantic, and they just didn't believe. And when Jesus showed up to them behind locked doors, he said this, and he had said unto them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. Tell every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, and he that believeth not shall be condemned. That's in Mark 16, 15, 16. See, for us Christians... This is saying that we need to go and tell the gospel and show the love of Jesus Christ so others may follow. See, in Matthew 4, 17, it says, Jesus said, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Matthew 4, 19 says, Christ wants us to be fishers of men. See, maybe there's some of you here today that say, you know what, Pastor Steve, I am saved. I remember a time that I asked Christ to be my personal Savior. And that's, that's wonderful. That's, that's great. But are you being fishers of men? So when he refers to being fishers of men, he wants us to go out and bring Jesus to Christ. He wants us to go out and win souls for Christ. Just like fishers send their rods out and they reel to bring fish to the boat. It, is what he's talking about here. He wants us to be fishers of men. See, it all started on Palm Sunday when Christ made a way for us to spend eternity in heaven. This is just the beginning. And so maybe you're here and you believe Christ died on the cross and he rose again, but never asked Christ to come into your heart as your personal Savior. So what I want to do is I want to give you that chance today. So with every head bowed and every eyes closed, 
If that's you here today, if you're here today and you want to ask Christ to come into your heart and save you, I'm going to say a prayer. I just want you to repeat it after me. Oh God, I know I am a sinner. sinner. 